asking somebody about suicide can lower anxiety. It can open up communication. And um, that is a myth or that one is a fact. Welcome to the podcast by Mikhail Alphon. What's up, socialites? Before we get started on today's show, I actually wanted to point out something that gave me the confidence to continue producing this show week after week, and it was actually that intro that you just heard. Now, fun fact, that's actually done by the same people that did Gary Vee's podcast intro as well as the Beyond Influential by Brittany Crystal's intro as well. So I feel like I'm in really good company. Now, the good news is the guys at Mike Me Audio make it really, really easy. All you have to do is write out your script, pick out the music, and pick out your voice actor, and they'll put it together for you in like three days. It's seriously so crazy. Now, if you're looking for your own podcast intro, all you have to do is go to MikeMe.com. That's M-I-C. M-E.com and enter the code MIK, that's M-I-Q-K, and you know the Q comes before the K at checkout, and you're going to get 10% off of your first order. That's right, 10% off. All you got to do is go to MikeMe.com and use the promo code M-I-Q-K to get 10% off and get your intro done for you easily and quickly, and it's going to sound rad, I promise you. Anyways, before I speak too much, let's get on to the show. What's up, socialites, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I'm super pumped on this episode, but this one in particular, because today we had Tiffany Schultz, who is a uh, advocate for mental health, a QPR gatekeeper instructor, and a mental health educator, and I'm just super pumped to have that conversation today. Uh, before I speak too much, though, Tiffany, why don't you say what's up to the listener and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, hello, hello. Well, first of all, I'm so excited uh, to be here today, um, being able to sh- talk, to just conversate with you, um, give listeners um, just some fun information and just talk a little bit more about myself. Um, so I am a recent graduate at Cal State Long Beach with my master's in counseling, uh, emphasis, emphasis, student development and higher education. Um, but I've held many hats. I'm also a spin instructor at Union Ride. Um, currently waiting for, as you had just mentioned, my new position that I'm going to be back at the college um, as a mental health educator, pretty much just raising awareness of mental health on campus, uh, encouraging students to use services, um, as well help train faculty, um, staff, and students um, on suicide prevention and just ways to um, raise awareness of kind of some issues that we have on campus and in colleges in general. Yeah, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um I think if the listener pays enough attention, they're going to start to realize that all of my friends and the people I'm in contact with are because of Union Ride. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> we're well known. We're all friends. I know. How long have you been working over there? So, you know what? I started as a client of summer 2015. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest, when I went the first time, I thought for sure that would be the last time <laughs> I went. Uh, but you know what? Mindy, the owner, she's super awesome. I loved her class. And I love music. So I was like, all right, this is cool. You know, pump up vibe, you know, dark lights in there, music. Um, so, you know, what? I just kept going like every week. I, I, I got hooked. That's how they get you. Yeah. You're like, I don't know how I feel about this, but there's something about it you get drawn to. And then you start meeting people. Mm. Um, so it was only a matter of weeks that they had an opportunity for teacher training and to like, you know, get more instructors. Mm. And I, you know, kept along with it and I tried out and I ended up 
being selected. So I started teaching November of 2015 and have been oh, teaching shit. ever since. So it's yeah. been a while. I can't, it seems like just yesterday. Yeah. It seems like just yesterday, but I, I love it. It was my first spin studio I've ever tried and probably my last. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the <laughs> same for me. It's crazy too when like, did you ever take one of those 24-hour fitness ones? You know what? I wasn't that balled out where I had a gym membership, so no. <laughs> Uh, dude, I took one of the oh, ones from gosh. like 24 Hour Fitness, and they're like, and I thought that it was a tough workout um, when I started going there. And then somebody introduced me to Union Red. I think it was Savannah. She used to work for me, and I went. I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is crazy!" And I mean, I couldn't get it the first time, but I kept going until I tried it. Let's be honest, who does? Yeah, it is kind of nuts. You ever take one of Bree's classes? Um, yes, I have. I feel like she's making you like pat your head, rub your stomach, and then spin at like 100 miles per hour all at once. You know, I'm definitely one who like multi, I can, maybe I can't multitask. I don't know. There's some things where we're doing stuff and I'm like, I'm about to hit my face. Um, <laughs> but no, but she, no, she's awesome. She, she totally pops off. So yeah, it's, it's a great place. I yeah, love it. It's a lot of fun. Good community. Obviously, that's kind of how we got to know each other. Yeah, totally. Through Instagram first, I think. Something like that. I I noticed that you were over there, and I liked your personality quite a bit. I thought I think you dominate the the Instagram stories. Well, you're so sweet. Well, you're all around. Well, between you being in everybody's stories <laughs> and you posting and popping off on Twitter, <laughs> and then doing the video. You're on right Twitter too. No, I need to be. Oh, I love Twitter. I well, I know. Apparently, I've been out of the game for a long time. So <laughs> all I know is I get emails, and then I don't know how to subtweet or retweet or somebody posted at me. I have no idea. But the best memes I see. Uh, are from Twitter, so. Oh, that's awesome. So we're so this is this is what I love about this this show, and then obviously Instagram is like you're able to connect with people because of common interests. But the truth is, I don't know much about you. So where are you from? Yeah, so you know what? So I grew up in Santa Ana, so mm -hmm. local. Um, went uh, to like Christian high school or excuse me, Christian elementary school in Tustin. Um, came back and went to high school at Modern Day. Mm -hmm. I played soccer there. Um, and so I've always I've always been local and then I actually went to Cerritos College in Norwalk and I played soccer for two years over there mm -hmm. um, and then I transferred to Cal State Long Beach where I got my bachelor's in Chicano Latino studies and then when I graduated you know you hear this thing about okay you go to school you graduate you get a good job like you know okay great I'm never gonna go back to school again no I just I was working in retail at the time at Macy's while I was at Cal State Long Beach um, and then I had the opportunity to go to Neiman Marcus. Mm. So when I graduated, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to stay in cosmetic retail sales. Um, but it's interesting. Life takes its course. And when I once was like, I'm never going back to school again, you know, throw my papers in the air like grease, whatever. Um, by that, just six months later, I kind of had that school itch. And really? I'm like, exactly. I'm like, ew, do I want it more of those 12 o'clock midnight turn it in dot com? <laughs> like deadlines, I'm like, no, um, which is actually how I got into, you know, the profession or deciding to go back to grad school because my aunt, she was working at San Diego Canyon College and was like, you know what, Tiffany, come to these leadership workshops that we have just for students who want to, you know, increase or, you know, develop their skills as leaders, public speaking, um, networking, all this stuff. So I just went just to shadow and being back on a college campus. That's what got me. I was like, Literally, I was walking on campus and I caught myself. I'm like, why am I grinning? <laughs> like, what? Like, people probably see me and they're like, why is this girl so happy? Because I was working in, you know, at Neiman Marcus five days a week and on my days off, my one of my days off, I would go to these leadership workshops. Mm. So I loved it. And the fact that students were there on a Friday, not getting credit, this mm -hmm. is just a certificate just for themselves that, you know, to better themselves. I was, I thought I was, I loved it. And my aunt's like, well, Tiffany, you know, you can do this for a living. And I'm like, what? 
of like work with students or I don't know, be on a college campus. So that's kind of what, you know, inspired me to go back. And, you know, I chose Long Beach because that was the school I went to before. Yeah. Were you always good at school? You know what? <laughs> I mean, because modern day is no joke, I thought. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Um, You know what? So my sis- older sister, she was the straight A student, book smart, bookworm. Mm-hmm. Um, me, ugh, math, I'm like, if I got a C, I'm like, yes. You know, my mom would be like, oh, good job, Tiffany. She got a C. So, no, I would say I would just be, you know, kind of. I wish of, I could have gotten no, a C. No, just kind of like, you know, yeah, B's and A's. Yeah. Um, but especially work now being on, you know, after going to grad school, and you know, in counseling, working in higher education, I've definitely learned. And obviously, I think everybody knows, like, grades don't necessarily, you know, they don't quantify, you know, an individual's, yes. you know, intelligence or skill level. There's so many factors that can affect, you know, whether students are working full time, um, you know, taking care of their family. Some, you know, curriculums aren't always made for, you know, the students that reflect them and, you know, not, you know, teachers as well. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. But, yeah. you know, I was, um, how about let me put it this way. Before going back to grad school, I got straight A's. And I'm like, um, the last time I got straight A's was probably in like third grade. Yeah. So best believe at 25 to 27, I put my graduate thing <laughs> on my fridge and was like, booyah, <laughs> mom. You ain't got to work no more. <laughs> I would take us out the hood. <laughs> so, um, I gotta ask, how many times did you get in trouble for talking too much during class? Oh, you know, I think it all started in preschool when it was like lunchtime or something, and me and my friend—I won't ever forget it. My mom spanked me so hard that day. <laughs> uh, me and my friends we were sitting down and we were playing a game like, "Oh, so you can stand up first. So we were both sitting down and be like, "Okay, one, two, three, and like stand up." Mm. So from that day, when the teacher was like, "Okay, Tiffany, like you guys sit down." And we kept like popping off, like you know, I'm competitive. Um, yeah, a lot. So I don't know. I think I laughing a lot kind of got me sometimes in trouble. That's awesome, though. Oh gosh, I can't keep a straight face. Well, you seem to have like such a good. I mean, not seem to have. You have such a great personality and great like EQ. Like I feel like you get along with everybody. You're so sweet. Um, I I really do. I think one of the biggest things that I just was talking about on lunch. Um, I have like a big heart. I'm very like friendly with people. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty like open, obviously to a certain degree. Um, so I would say usually my kind of kindness or, you know, just seeing the good in people, it's burned me, definitely burned me sometimes uh, with individuals. And that's where, you know, I've learned, okay, not everybody's going to be your friend. Some people, honestly, some people think I'm fake because I'm so, you know, nice or like, oh, this girl complimented me. Well, I'm like, I don't think we compliment each people enough. Yeah. So it's like when someone's like, oh, like they're just, she's so like, she's not real. She's fake. This is why we get Uh, along. I'm pretty sure is because you have that same like value and like, dude, if you, if somebody looks cool, did something cool yeah. or has a great idea, like acknowledge that. Totally. Cause we're, I mean, everyone were so quick to give negative feedback, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, if I had a bad experience, I'm gonna let you know. But with other people, if you know, they do something well or it makes you feel good, um, people never hear that. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm in the office, you know, at the spin studio, whatever it is, like I definitely, or, you know, even as a stranger, I see something happen. I'm totally one to be like, Hey, like I saw that. Like, I think that's really cool. I really appreciated that. Like, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. But I've learned that the same trait that, you know, may sometimes, um, you know, eh, I don't want to say hurt me, but burn me sometimes is exactly the same trait. That's my strength and what yeah. makes me me. So I'm just learning to work with it and, you know, kind of balance it and just, you know, be cautious in certain times. Can we agree and hopefully agree or at least <sighs> start maybe a movement that okay. I'd rather be like positive, complimenting people, quick to trust people. I'm sure there's a little bit of that with you mm-hmm. as well. Um I'd rather be that and like get hurt like two or three times, but have that be my strength that lets me succeed than be fucking cynical. 
I was like, can I say fucking? It's my <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I- <laughs> I'm like, where's the button? Beep. <laughs> and yeah. r- rather than be cynical and like, you know, and mm-hmm. negative, and then like, really, that that can't get anywhere, get anybody anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I would have to say, uh, uh, you know, one of the pr- previous person that I was with, I would get that sometimes, like, oh, you're too nice. Mm. I've heard that before on numerous times. Oh, well, you, you're too nice. People take advantage of you, and you know, then I'd be like, okay, like, you know, maybe compromise myself or. You know, I don't know. Like I, ugh, I, it was always hard to respond to that. But now being on the other side, I'm like, yeah. Some people do take advantage of me. Some people, you know, they see me and I'm out and I'm open. They may talk behind my back, whatever it is. But yeah, that's the only way I know how to. That's the only way I know how to be. Does it make you happy to be nice? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's just. It's just well, the thing. Why not? I mean, who wouldn't feel nice for being nice? I don't know, man. Like, so I feel like uh, you know, it's so crazy because I think that there's this like. I don't know what the internet looks like to you with everybody's algorithm changing mm. based off of what we like. But mm-hmm. in my internet world, it's so much, there's like this whole, like giving value, uh, caring about the other person first, um, getting to know your audience, quote unquote, all of these things like, and give without expectation, like all of these things that I was taught growing up from my mom and like, just like beliefs that I may have had in a certain segment of people have become a tactic right so it's like some people might might answer that question in my opinion it's like well being nice is the right thing to do mm-hmm. whereas some people's like no being nice makes me happy mm-hmm. there's a very big difference there yeah i agree and you just brought me oh you just brought me to this other point kind of like oh about um oh gosh i'll have to i'll have to come back to it but about what you asked me being nice i don't know but Oh gosh, it was a good point too. Okay, hopefully I'll remember. We'll get come there. Back. Hopefully we'll remember get there. Come back. Don't. And by the way, as soon as I remember, I'm totally be like, oh yeah. By the way, no, that's gonna be fine. And I hope that comes up. And now there's like su- some suspense for the listener. Uh-huh. Like, is she mm, gonna come back to oh, this? Oh, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember it, but it's really good. <laughs> so you said Chica- uh, uh, Chicano Latino studies. Ah uh, yes. Why? So Chicano Latino studies. So um, if you were to see me, so phenotypically um, super white, pale. Um, so I. Grew up, you know, in Santa Ana, which is a predominantly, you know, mm. Mexican Latino um, neighborhood or, you know, city. Um, I grew up in a Mexican American household. So my dad, if you, you know, my dad and my mom were both born here. Uh, my dad's super fair. My mom, both her parents um, are Mexican, um, mm. U.S. born. Um, but it's actually, and try to stay with me. So my great grandma, on my mom's side, so my great grandma, a.k.a. my mom's grandma, a.k.a. my grandma's mom, uh, she was born in uh, La Piedad, Michoacan, Mexico. So her story is that she came, um, Juanita, rest in peace. Uh, she came from Mexico to Texas, had my grandma, so Texican, and then <laughs> they moved over, you know, moved to California, and then they have a lot of um, history being up north, working in the fields, Fullerton, so they've been up and down. Um, so there's been definitely, while my great-grandma was alive, and she lived to, oh gosh, I think 104, 105, so they got them genes, um, there was still that, like, influence of, you know, food mexican food um certain traditions like during christmas kind of uh la posadas when they reenact like Mm. you know the nativity scene and you know mary and joseph in the inn um so between and again i think this has to do with like your environment factors and talking Mm -hmm. about identity so i grew up in this you know neighborhood so my neighbors i played soccer so i played soccer in a local aso aiso Mm -hmm. santa Ana. 
Um, so my teammates, my neighbors, you know, my community, you know, growing up in this uh, Mexican American family, um, growing up, I looked how I looked, but I was still like accepted. Mm -hmm. Like my friends would invite me to family parties, quinceañeras, whatever it is. And it's funny on my, you know, even growing up like in high school, um, in Santa Ana, again, people may, you know, assume like, oh, this white girl's lost. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and my friends would be like, no, 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 no. Like she's cool. Oh, her mom's Mexican. Like she's cool. She's cool. Right. Um, but in this, I love this, that you got the card. Her mom's Mexican. It's cool. Well, I will. Right. But I, this is where it gets interesting. Okay. So follow along. Um, so then I went to modern day high school, which is predominantly, um, white. It's a Catholic high school, um, white Caucasian high school. And that's when I noticed, I'm like, Hmm something's off here because I was like, oh, I'm not like, and this is where you see kind of like intersectional identities. Yeah. Um, I'm not like some of these other white people here because I'm like, um, I definitely don't drive like a Mercedes. And again, not everybody's like this. That's but what I was going to say. Modern I don't drive was... a Mercedes mm -hmm. or a Beamer or, you know, a Range Rover. Um, I don't, you know, live in, and again, again this is I not majority. So I'm being very careful mm -hmm. by general, you know, just kind of generalizing. And I feel like most people would agree. Um, you know, I don't live in the Newport, San Clemente here, which if you live there is totally fine. Let me mm. just shout that out. But for an example, some friends' houses that I went to, um, they would have parties mm -hmm. and, you know, some people, their houses in the, would walk out in their backyard and it would be Newport Back Bay with their boat and their deck. I'm like, okay. They have like three toilets and one restroom for different uses. And I'm like, oh, okay. Or, you know, I went to one party um, that was in maybe like Laguna Niguel, something like that. And their party for their birthday had like glass over the pool, all this stuff. Um, I'm over here. Uh, shout out to everybody who had those over the ground pools. I would tell <laughs> people like, oh, want to come to my pool? <laughs> it's like one of those over the ground. Um, but the point was, is that's where I kind of realized I said, OK, you know, I coming to the school, I, you know, I don't necessarily fit in with the, you know, Mexican Latino kids. And so now I see, OK, where I fit in, you know, I am kind of in the, this kind of wider population. But I was like, oh, but this is so interesting. Like, I'm not like them. My upbringing's not like mm -hmm. them. And then that was the time. So I went between 2005 to 2009. That's when there were walkouts happening um, locally. Um, so I had a lot of class um, friends who were walking out of their high schools. Um, I forgot what it was. If it was um, immigration. Some, there was something going on. And the things I was hearing on the media and, you know, even comments from – you know, we, modern day has gates. So yeah. when they did this protest, it was this huge thing. They had to call the parents like, oh, you know, for your safety, we can't leave the school. And I'm laughing because on the other side of the bars, I'm like, this is like my hood. Yeah. Like, these are like, you know, people, friends, people I know. Like they're not, you know, dangerous, this whatever. And it's ironic because this high school is right in the heart of like Santa mm -hmm. Ana. So the point is, is that I realized I was like the things that I'm hearing from other students um, like for instance, I, some days I walked home because again, I didn't have a car. I didn't get my license till I was 18. Um, so my <laughs> mom would have to pick up my sisters, um, from school in Tustin and then wait to pick me up. So I'd be the last one, like, or the whatever, junior, senior waiting on the side while all these little freshmen are sitting on the block too. And I'm like, mom, like, you know, come here, pick me up while all my friends left. <laughs> so some days I would walk home and I won't forget there was one day I was walking home and this was a real comment from, you know, an individual girl, a girl I know who said, Oh, Tiffany, like. Like, oh, like, you better be careful walking home. Like, you're going to get raped. And in my head, I was like, no, nah, like, you know, I walk around here. And don't get me wrong. It's one thing. Okay, regardless of what neighborhood you're into, uh, you know, be cautious. But it it was a very uh, stereotyped comment sure. um, based off of where I live. So the point is, is I'm like, these things I'm hearing doesn't match the people and the friends I know 
who are hardworking, who, you know, grind, who have dreams, who are going to school for whatever it is. So, okay, so flash forward to Cerritos. Again, I'm getting to Chicano Latino studies. So the point is, is when I went to Cerritos, again, I was back in a community of, you know, uh, people I felt familiar with, uh, population, Chicano, uh, Mexican, Latino. So when I transferred to Cal State Long Beach, and again, going to the whole, okay, what was your thing in high school or thing? Ugh, I was not a math person. I wasn't a science person. I wasn't English. So I'm like, what do I want to do? So when I saw Chicano Latino studies and I kind of looked at it and, okay, history, kind of like politics and, um, you know, background, gender, looking at gender, LGBTQ, it just, everything, I was like, wow, this is a degree. And, of course, it was crossed with other, like, ethnic studies. So I love that. And we, kind of, we you and me had this conversation about enjoying for learning other people yeah. and their stories and where they're from and, you know, what do they want to do in life? So I chose that as my major and honestly to this day it is like one of my favorite things i'm extremely happy i can't imagine getting my degree in anything else so shout out to anybody getting any mexican history asian american afro-american studies like keep ethnic studies because right now some um they're trying to cut it like across the u.s yes they're trying to either um cut it um, they're either trying to combine it with mm-hmm. other ones, but there's just so much to cover. So the I know histories Cal- are so beautiful too. Yeah, so I know at Cal State Long Beach, um, from posts that I follow them, there have been, um, you know, like uh, just groups that are trying to rally together because they have been. I think it's being under like kind of attacked or wanting to be taken I, out. It's such bullshit, dude. Like that's the that's the number one problem is nobody's taking the time to get to know other people and yeah. therefore just make assumptions on who they are based on color or where they grew up you know what i mean because like i mean i'm sure you know you have a little draw to your to when you talk and it's like you never like and i always love it when you hear that from people because i want to know where somebody's accent is from and one of my friends told me one time i used to want to change my nose oh well if only people can see i definitely have on my mom's side if you see me my sisters my sister will probably laugh hearing this we definitely have a a feature to our nose <laughs> that it may have come up once or twice. Like, okay, should we maybe alter this? But you have a yeah. great nose. You are so stop, <laughs> stop. So, but I used to want to change my nose. I hated my nose. And my friend told me one time, she was like, you can change anything about your body, but you never change your nose. I was like, what the fuck? Like, and she was just like, your nose is your heritage. That's your family. Like everybody always says that you, you know, you have your dad's nose or your like you just said, you have your mom's nose and everybody in your family has that thing about your nose and you never want to get rid of that thing that defines your family and where you came from. I was like, fine, I guess I like my nose. That's deep. I love that. <laughs> Heavy. Except for I snore so bad, dude. So I feel like maybe on the inside I got to fix yeah. something. <laughs> okay. You know what? I think they have like machines you can wear at night or those little, The you know, Darth Vader thing? Yeah. yeah I let think me that, ask you know, Alexa and then if she'd like whoever, that. Yeah, your partner, you know, is just going to wake up and be like, whoa, what is this? Come <laughs> to bed. Um, oh, okay. We just took it on another level. I, I love Star Wars. That's hot. <laughs> Um, so later on you ended up moving, you have some, you moved on and did some work in higher education counseling. Am I right? Yeah. Um, so I've been all over in like higher ed. So when I've gone to graduate school again, I left, you know, working in sales Mm -hmm. to pretty much in this, uh, degree or whatever counseling, um, you trying to get into the, I had no work in higher education. So there's a lot of graduate assistant positions. Mm -hmm. So for a year I worked at Cal State Fullerton in their career center, helping students with resumes, cover letters, um, like job prep, 
Um, then for another time, I was at LA Harbor College working in their like kind of EOPS or CalWORKs program. Mm-hmm. Um, so working with like single parents who are receiving cash aid um, or students of low income families. Um, so I worked there for a while. Um, I worked uh, in counseling and psychological services at Cal State Long Beach, which was definitely kind of that year experience totally shaped, you know, how I viewed mental health and was just the beginning of me exploring and educating myself and changed how the way I've talked to family and friends. Um, I was at Golden West College working in student life and leadership, so working with student clubs, student governments. Um, so I've definitely, oh, Santa Ana College is where I did my counseling internship, my academic oh. counseling internship, um, which was a great experience. All of them were really great experiences, um, but that's what kind of helped me each year, getting a little bit of different areas, which I think have really helped make me kind of like an overall, um, you know, well-rounded higher ed professional. Yeah, so I don't think that maybe some of the listeners or don't realize that Santa Ana, there, there's a good amount of crime that happens there, I feel as if, or at least the last time I checked. I mean, I remember I was a visiting nurse and I had some patients over mm-hmm. uh, down off Bristol and everything like that. And like my my dad used to tell me, like, you got to be careful because um, I can't say the patient's name, but our patient's son, two sons, were murdered on their doorstep. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's, you know, it's not like Laguna Beach. There's a big mm-hmm. contrast there. Was the demographic of people that you were talking to when you were doing the, like, you know, uh, education counseling and, and job counseling in Santa Ana, was that much different than like what maybe, I don't know, somebody might expect from Newport Laguna type of thing? Oh, absolutely. In regards to, so I have, again, I don't have like statistics or anything, so I don't, you know, know the difference. I know way, 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 you know, back in the day, you know, when I was very, very young, um, definitely the city um, and crime was way different. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that, and again, this is just personally um i think maybe some crime is featured you know on the media way mm. more than you know other cities so mm-hmm. people's like you know it's like oh if you hear something on the news in santa Ana, oh well that's santa Ana. and then if something happens in another city people are like oh my gosh like this is just um so that's just kind of my thought on the crime you know what? but that, that's actually compl- you're absolutely right because there was a lot of drugs going through like Coda de casa and that never came well out. let me just tell you this off the record slash on the record um yeah, some of the people that I know from when I went to high school, uh, kind of the wealthier populations were the ones who used some of the most, you know, drugs Crazy. purchased at the parties and stuff mm. like that. So to some of these, I don't know, you guess dealers or people would have it. Those, yeah, th- those were the biggest clientels. Yeah, so dude, that's crazy. People and were it's funny kicked how out, expelled mm. for a lot of it. And again, these were wealthier students. It's funny that I I grew up around here too, but I grew up in like the South Orange County area, mm. and I, even myself, I fall victim to it. Even though I like to think that I have a a more open mind to what's going on, mm-hmm. but really, that's absolutely right. And even it took like pointing it out a couple times to even realize that forgot what we were talking about but it's crazy how much like the media does change our perception of different areas Mm -hmm. Um, but in regards to as you mentioned like kind of like the populations obviously um, depending what community you're in um, there's going to be different like issues or challenges for sure so when I was at Cal State Fullerton working in the Career Center um, you know some students over here they had to get like they'd come in they needed to get like an internship Mm -hmm. so I remember a huge um, and again this has to do with intersectionalities and that no student is the same and you really have to and again this isn't just working with students but any like profession that you're in it's about getting to know who your audience is who your client is what their needs are um, and then helping them give them the resources or the product that fits them 
Um, so we had uh, students, oh, I'm trying to get an internship. You know, I'm a communication major, this. I want to work in radio, whatever. So I had one student who came in and was like, okay, I'm looking for an internship. I need it for class. So I'm like, all right, okay, well, let's go ahead and look um, at the internship. Oh, my gosh, look at these. There's some internships. And he had the student had to point out, oh, actually, let me backtrack. This was a huge learning curve. So on the computer, it shows the person's name, and then you call them up. Mm-hmm. So uh, – I see a person's name. Let's just say I'm going to make it up. Okay, um, I see Daniel. So there's a waiting area right in front where I can see everybody. Um, and just by, you know, visu- visual um, assumption and my own labeling, um, it looked like they were all, like, female. So I'm like, Daniel? Kind of like a question. Um, and so this individual who, you know, from my perspective, you know, looked female walks up and, you know, corrects me. was like, oh, actually, my name is Alex, or I go by Alex. So immediately I was like, okay I was like okay I'm sorry Alex you know come on up so that was my first you know okay we need a change in the system because this is whatever so back to the whole oh I need an internship uh she's telling me um I'm like okay well this one here you know it's here it's non-paid and Alex was like well I like I need like I really need money like so for another student who was there okay yeah whatever unpaid you know their situation they were okay with unpaid so now Alex tells me oh I actually need a paid internship Mm. Okay, you know, let's go ahead and look up. Let's go. Okay, perfect. Well, there's one here, and, you know, we're in Fulton. Okay, one in Anaheim. Okay, there's one in, you know, I don't know, Irvine. This, and then Alex again said, well, like, I really need something. Is there anything on campus? I don't have a car. Mm. Like, I don't have access to a car. So, okay. So, especially in our my profession in higher education, these are the things. It's like we're trying to help um, fight those barriers so students can stay in school, so they can, you know, pursue whatever dream, career, goal that they have. Um so back to the whole community thing is each community is different. Sure. So especially in, you know, Santa Ana and the students I've worked with, um, many of the students, majority of the percentage of students attending um, are on a, like financial aid mm-hmm. or uh, FAFSA um, low, from low-income families, um, first-generation students, um, some that are p- parents. Um, so again, I think that based off, again, statistically versus let's just say another area um, like Newport, is going to have different, you know, needs. Same thing as Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Same thing as Long Beach. Um, so does that mean one, you know, city is better than the other, or more likely, you know, maybe necessarily to be more successful? Absolutely not. But it's just the individuals at the institution. It's our job as counselors, coordinators, whatever, to help fill those gaps for the students. What got you so interested in mental health? Yeah. So uh, it was my when I was in graduate school. We had a suicide prevention training. The one that I'm now an instructor for. They did it for our class. So I remember, okay, everybody come to class. We're going to do a suicide prevention training. Okay. Oh, wow. Like I I never talked about suicide, mental health. What is that? So this was spring 2016. Yeah, spring 2016. So they come to our class and we start off with doing, um, you know, kind of some myth and facts. And so they would ask a question and you're sitting, you know, kind of, okay, what do you guys think? True or false? That's how it starts. And there were some things, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm stressed out. And they're like, oh, it's not going to be graded. Just, you know, first thoughts. What do you, Like, what do you think? So I'm like, okay, like I'm saying, like, true or false. And everything I was saying was based on statistics or facts were, you know, were wrong. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know anything. So then we start, you know, talking about it, and we start doing activities. And I was nervous AF. <laughs> like, we, you know, do this activity where we will ask, you know, the person next to us, that's part of QPR, which mm-hmm. stands for question, persuade, refer. So it's to question the individual, you know, are you suicidal? Um, are you thinking about killing yourself? There's so many different ways. You know, do you ever go to sleep and wish you would never wake up? There's a lot of things. So we had to go. We're doing the snake activity. You ask the next person. And I'm on the right side. I see the snake activity coming closer. 
I'm sweating. We have a book of a billion questions. And I'm like, oh, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to ask? <laughs> so as soon as it came to my turn, I immediately turned my partner and I'm like, are you thinking about killing yourself? And I like slumped in my seat because I don't know why. It was just, it made me so uncomfortable. Mm. And so the point of the activity is they asked, how, how did you feel? Majority of people were like, some people were laughing because of nerves. You know, it's like to look yeah. somebody in the eye, it's, you know, it seems so invasive or whatever. So the point is, is after that experience, I'm like, wow, if I'm going to be working with students who are going through all these, you know, challenges in school of, um, you know, adapting to college, some are international students that are homesick. Some students, you know, have pressure to, especially nowadays, to perform well. And there's just so many things that students face. I was like, if I can't ask one of these questions, how am I going to be a counselor mm. if that's my job? So it left an impact on me. And then a couple months later, the position um, to kind of do that same training at Long Beach opened up. So I said, you know what? Something's really interesting about this. Like, I really want to learn more. I applied. I got it. And again, I think it's funny because I applied to a job before and I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And I was I was really upset because it was, it was working at Santa Ana College. Um, one of my classmates got it, who's amazing. Um, but I was like, wow, I, I thought I'd be full, full circle. I'm going to work in the community that I like, you know, grew up in. So I was really upset about it for a while or just, I wouldn't say upset, disappointed, but I, and again, this whole thing's happened for a reason. They really do. Because if I got that position, I wouldn't have gotten the Long Beach, the counseling and psychological uh -huh. services one. Mm -hmm. And it was life changing for me. Totally changed my aspect on, as I mentioned, how I talk to people, how I view my own mental health and, you know, the work that I do. What are some myths that, you know, what are some myths about mental health or um, let's see if I were to specifically, um, speak on suicide, um, again, cause that's kind of, kind of the area that I've researched or been trained on, mm -hmm. um, myth or fact, um, that if you talk about it, it's going to put the idea in somebody's head. Um, okay. cause there was, a, a like a re QPR, the research Institute, they did it on this. And that was one of the myths like, Oh, well, I don't want to talk to, I don't want to bring it up because I don't want to put that idea in somebody's head. So if I thought that you yeah. were in a place where you might make it happen, like might commit suicide, mm -hmm. you're saying like a myth is, I might assume that like if I talk about suicide at all, they might actually do it. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. And I may, ha and let me just um, take myself back. I totally may have said this, but I think this is the process of, you know, learning and changing our behaviors. So I don't know if I said um, commit suicide, but we're, an example of changing our verbiage and kind of breaking down the mm -hmm. stigma. Um, if I were to ask you, when you think of the word commit, to commit something, what do you think? Like commit, like, you know, uh, promise something or like whatever, yeah. Okay, that too. Um, but generally, like, if, if this oh, person committed something. Oh, to do something, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like a commit No, 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 it's totally fine. <laughs> I'm awful. Um, well, it can be associated, could, it could be seen as negative, like committing a crime. Yeah, yeah. So we've tried to stay away from, you know, that language of, like, oh, they committed suicide. But you see it all the time in media and articles. Mm -hmm. um, they died by suicide. Um, they took their life by suicide. They attempted suicide. Mm -hmm. um, but again, oh, so, but back to the example, like you said, um, if I'm feeling, you know, or if you think I'm feeling suicidal based off of other people's responses, if you were to say, you know, I don't want to ask her if she's suicidal because if I bring it up, she may actually want to kill herself, mm -hmm. um, which is a myth. Most people, I mean, you can talk about it and that doesn't necessarily mean you know, the person's going to do it or it's they're not any more likely. Yeah, to yeah, do yeah, it. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, another one is that uh, we ask asking somebody about suicide can lower anxiety. It can open up communication. And um, that is a myth or th that one is a fact. 
So That's some cool. people think, you know, based again, based off of the research, it gave them opportunity to just kind of vent, you know, express what they're trying to feel. And based on the research, people did feel like a lower sense of anxiety, finally being able to kind of get it off their chest and, you know, have somebody to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. And let's see, what was another myth? Um, oh, that people who talk about suicide don't do it. Um, for instance, it's very common from what I've heard with other people is, okay, mm. well, they've said, you know, once or twice or three times that, oh, they want to, um, you know, take their life. They want to kill themselves, which at the end of the day, we say in regards to that, always take all cases seriously. Sure. Let's just say, okay, they said it three times. Well, the fourth time may be that actual, the actual time that mm. they take their life. So you want to take all cases, you know, seriously or just follow up. You know, we try to be more sensitive. So I know I'm very, I've said it before, you know, something like, oh my gosh, if this doesn't happen, like I'm going to die. Like I'm seriously going to kill myself. Um, If somebody says that, it doesn't hurt to be like, hey, you know what? Like Mikhail, um, oh, what do you mean by that? Like, oh, are you, even though it may, you know, some people sound silly, but whatever the context may be, it's always okay to follow up just to be safe. Yeah. You know, and just kind of clarify. But like, what do you mean by that? So those are just some examples um, that we go over in the training. Why do you think it's so important for us to change our language around suicide? Like you, you, I mean, you, you stopped me pretty clearly, which is great, but it's like, I said, commit suicide. I didn't know that there was, I don't know if that's like a stigma type of thing. Like, why is it important to say died by suicide as opposed to commit suicide? Um, again, uh, again, based off of, uh, again, some popular, uh, like mental health groups, what is like NAMI, um, National Institute of Mental Health, just so many, just the verbiage again, historically to commit something um, is like you're committing a crime, mm. blaming the victim. So there's like a negative connotation yes. type of thing. Like, oh, they, again, there's just, oh my goodness, there's so much, you know, they're selfish. Oh, mm. they commit, they committed suicide. Um, again, some just stigma stuff around that is that they're selfish, that they're weak. Um, and this can go like generationally. Um, it could be a cultural thing. So these come from a lot of places why a lot of people, um, you know, where these stigmas and assumptions come from. Um, I know. How do you feel about the notion that people who may die by suicide are selfish or weak? Uh, oh, absolutely not. Because most, again, based off of the research of people, and again, I don't have like my citations here, but um, in the, my area of study, is that most of the time when they've interviewed people who have either tried to take their life mm-hmm. um, or have documented of some sort, um, they didn't want to die in the first place. It was just something that they were going through were in the moment. That just felt like that was, you know, the, their only answer. And a lot of people, it's like, we're so serious about physical health. If somebody's like, okay, I have cancer, I have this. It's like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, like they have this physical. But I don't think that mental health gets that same honestly kind of acknowledgement or like respect Mm. um and again i think we've mentioned right sometimes it can be diluted um and there's a difference between first of all we all have mental health everybody has mental health um it can fluctuate at different time but for some people you know they are diagnosed um it could be genetics um a certain event can happen that can you know trigger the fluctuations everybody has mental health um but there's a difference between like my friend, um, her name's Stella and she also has her, um, partner, Estefania, who they started this, uh, podcast called let's talk therapeutically. And one of the things they recently posted on their thing about anxiety is there's a difference between everyday anxiety Mm. and there's a difference of like, you know, chronic anxiety or anxiety disorder. So when people, you know, loosely use the word like, Oh, I'm depressed, which I've been guilty of before, you know, 
being, you know, depressed or down for a few days is different from I can't even get up. I don't even have the will to get up out of bed. I feel down for absolutely no reason. And I felt like this for six months. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot. I mean, there's just, I mean, there's just, I don't even know if I answer the question. There's just, there's just so much. To no, like. it's fine. It's, it, that's interesting that you do categorize it as like a, when it comes to anxiety anyways, a, you know, uh, a chronic anxiety as opposed to an everyday anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's always, that's, that's kind of an interesting subject for me. I, we were talking offline a little bit about it, how, you know, I, I really do have a big, I have a mindset around like, you know, a lot of that is mind over matter. Like mm. you just got to like kind of snap out of it. I know it's harder for uh, some people than others, for example, and maybe, you know, there, I haven't studied it enough and it, it may be quite ignorant on my end to even think that you can think past some of these things. I know that I have some people that are close to me that can't even get on airplanes when they're suffering from, when they have like a panic attack or anxiety attack and it's physically debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some of the things that we can do or that you're doing right now to kind of make people more aware of this. I know you have the, um, you have the Monday mental health or mental health Monday. Yeah. So first of all, and let me just clarify for everybody, the listeners. Um, so I think this will be a perfect segue. So in no way am I, you know, necessarily an expert on mental health and anxiety on all this stuff. Um, besides, you know, getting my master's in counseling where we've, you know, had therapists and psychologists and working in the psychology, um, you know, health center, um, where I've learned a lot, but I think the biggest thing that has just being on myself um, that has helped me become more aware, and this doesn't just go for mental health, but this can go to, you know, a lot of different areas, whether it's LBGTQ issues, um, whether it's, um, you know, things happen, you know, politically or just whatever topic um, is educating yourself, educating yourself. And, you know, you could easily use the Internet. Obviously, no, not all sources, Um you know, so let me just put it out there. If you Google something, not everything is necessarily re- relevant. Um, but looking up uh, reliable sources mm. um, has been really helpful. Uh, you can go to certain trainings. I know there's something called the mental um, first, what is it? Mental health first aid training. It's about an eight hour training um, that you can do. Look online, Google it. Um, you can turn, learn about I think depression, anxiety, um, bipolar, schizophrenia. And it's either a training that's divided into two days, um, four hours and four hours, or one full day, eight training. That's actually a certified certificate. It's free if you just want to go and learn more about and mm-hmm. have that. Or depending what field you're in, I think it's it's definitely a great training. Um, I think, and another thing I think is the biggest, right? So we talked about just educating yourself, doing your own research. Yeah. Um, if there's any events or you know trainings that you can attend, go for it. You know, learn learn more. Because um, again, if it's not your lived experience, you don't know. And again, that's something that I try to be very sensitive about. Though I'm talking about this stuff, you know, I don't suffer from you know chronic depression every day or necessarily anxiety disorder. Um, but I think one of the last important points is if that you have a friend, if you have a family member, somebody close who's experienced these things, you know, talk to them, um, you know, be sensitive and understanding. And if you ask them, you know, Hey, you know what? I know you've expressed like some days are hard for you. What, what does that look like? Um, you know, I, I would, you know, I would like to hear more and what ways I can better support you and to give the individual the floor to define their experience. Because again, like you mentioned anxiety. Um, I have a friend who, when she gets anxious and again, from the outside, like she's, you know, she's working, she has all this stuff together, but she, when she gets anxiety, she, you know, gets sick. She physically gets sick from that. I have, a, again, another friend who, you know, we think, okay, on the outside, you know, social media or whatever, they have it all together, but who will just, 
you know, cry for hours. And again, to everything that they're experiencing, it's very real. And it's not just this mental, but it's physical. Mm-hmm. So if I were to, again, to talk to, you know, share with the listeners, it's that um, give them a chance to define their experience. Because when you see somebody you care about who is, you know, going through this stuff, it's real. It's real and it's tough. And trust me, do you think people want to, you know, wake up every day and want the feeling of wanting to kill themselves? Do you think people, you know, want to go to work and just feel like all these emotions? And, you know, people generally, you know, people want to be happy. People want to, you know, be successful and thrive and feel good. And um, I think it'll be an eye-opening experience and it'll be genuine where you realize, okay, that's something I, I had no idea. I had no idea this person was going through that. Is there a big correlation between people who suffer from some sort of anxiety and suicide that you've noticed or studied? Um, let's see. I Some of the, I guess you would say, factors um, that QPR research did was if they're, that are, I guess if you would say, more likely. But again, this is not limited to, and there's so many things um, associated with suicide, um, People are more likely to take their life if they had um, a previous attempt. Um, if there's any kind of substance abuse, because whether it's alcohol or drugs, mm. it can cloud um, your judgment. Mm-hmm. So people are more likely to act on impulse. Um, if there's a tra- like a traumatic event that they experienced or a crisis, um, you know, if there's a death in their family um, or if someone in their family took their life as well, um, a depression or like the feeling of hopelessness, mm-hmm. hopelessness is like the biggest, like kind of one of the biggest emotions or feelings um, that people who have either, you know, attempted to take their life um, feel, um, which is like tied to depression. So I think one of the biggest things that I've seen from the research is a huge tie to depression um, and wanting to take their life. So anxiety can definitely be in there. Um, But again, some of the ones I mentioned, it's not only limited to, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. You mentioned that you might be working on a project with somebody um, that you met at Starbucks. Did I get that? Oh, right? yes, yes, yes. So through. Um, so just an example of the things that, uh, you know, I've, whatever. I love meeting people. Um, so you kind of, at, you mentioned before, so I'm starting something on my um, spin instructor account um, called Mental Health Mondays. And I'm like, okay, this is something that I, you know, advocate for in my like other profession, um, in my daily life. So pretty much every Monday, um, I pick a different topic or I ask some of our followers, my clients at Union Ride Community, um, what's something that they want to talk about, whether it's physical health, uh, mental health. So I'm only going on my third week, um, but I'm going to f- feature a different topic. And pretty much, it's, even though it's it's one day, so it's very brief, but just share like some facts, share some statistics, um, mm-hmm. share some definitions and import, um, use clients' um, stories. Because like I said, there's stuff that I, I haven't experienced. So for instance, this past Monday or the Monday prior was suicide, National Suicide Prevention Day. So um, I had reached out and I asked, hey, you know what, for the union ride community, if there's anybody who wants to submit a positive message to another what we call rider, rough rider, um, <laughs> in need, and the amount of you know clients or instructors that sent in a video uh, po- you know, just of a positive message, um, encouraging message, that, you know, it's okay to not be okay, that, you know, we're a family, we're a community, you're not alone. It was really great. And another thing that was um, awesome was I had asked, you know, if there's anything that you want to share with the community kind of about your experience, you know, with suicide or how you feel. I don't want to just post the glamorous, okay, let me give you this positive quote. Let me give you this number so you can call. But what does it look like? Again, we all don't know what it is. So I had one individual, um, which was my mother, which I was super, I mean, proud and, you know, applaud her vulnerability and courage. Um, her quote was mentioning that on the outside, you know, I'm always smiling 
but the truth is is on the inside you know i'm scared and i'm she has she's going through cancer right now she's doing her um, radiation for bile duct cancer um but again her quote was i may look happy and laughing on the outside but really on the inside i'm scared and i'm terrified and you know i don't feel that way on the inside right so mm-hmm. to us who may be like okay that person that whole thing about oh a person well they look great you know kate spade or these celebrities on the outside they have money you know it's it's deeper than that mm. um and then i had another um individual share that you know she had suicidal ideation and just kind of like what it looks like some days you know it's really tough and it's battle she battles and it's not pretty and it's an ongoing process so that's kind of what these mental health mondays is i want to educate and bring awareness but also building a commonality because I hear a lot of stuff in between writers, you know, they don't talk, you know, or share their stories, but I'm like, we have a lot in common. Right. Yeah. And the amount, again, the amount of support, I'm not trying to keep going on, but the amount of support people DM'd me and were like, Hey, thank you so much. Like just that Monday, one writer told me or client that they actually had a memorial for a coworker that took their life. And then another, somebody told me that that same day, their coworker had to go home because someone in their family took their life. Mm. So it's very relevant, but we don't know because we don't talk about it. Right. Um, but to the individual. So now to kind of flash forward to this individual I met um, at Starbucks just by talking because, you know, me, I'm so ex- OK. Hey, can I plug my phone in here? So he introduced me to um, what he calls his daughter, but or his like business partner's um, daughter. Um, her name is Sophia Ava. And she created, she's the founder and CEO of Meaningful Mantras. Mm. And this individual, so we had lunch today, gorgeous girl, inside and out. She's 19 years old. And she just, you know, created this company about, you know, focusing that you are enough, that you are worthy. Mm. But the beautiful thing is, you know, she she doesn't have her master's. You know, she didn't, you know, go to school or any of these trainings. But her message is about her experience and her life and empowering, you know, what helped her in her times of needs. And so to the listeners, you don't, you know, you don't have to have your master's or, you know, do all this stuff to be an advocate, to be an ally, to be a support system. Um, and I think that's what's, you know, super great. I'm looking to, you know, hopefully collaborate um, with her in the future and, um Sophia in the future or like my friend Stella and their podcast is it's just about what's Stella's podcast about uh Stella's podcast so kind of I think the same thing is each week they're going to have a different topic um mm-hmm. but first you know I'm sure podcast you can talk about more you know things more in depth she I believe has her I think her and Estefania have their degree in um social work so cool. again same thing they have um you know a lot of training or schooling and education um working with a lot of like mental health uh, topics as well but I think the, I mean, all of these, you know, myself including, is just an example that, we're, and again, whatever you want to be an advocate in is, again, educating, being inclusive in what you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, making a positive difference, including like you know the community. Um, so I think anybody, it can be, it can totally be anybody, even if it's the smallest thing. You don't have to necessarily have a company or you know a podcast or, mm-hmm. you know, this platform. But you, you can create it yourself within your own home within your friends, at your job as an employer, as an employee. So I think that's that's what's beautiful. So I encourage and I challenge everybody, you know, step up, totally step up because it's not necessarily, you know, especially if we're talking about mental health, um, the individuals who are going it, okay, will you reach out if you need help? Well, guess what? That's, that's the point is some of these people, um, you know, and individuals, wh- where they're feeling and where they're at, they can't reach out. They don't, yeah. they don't feel comfortable reaching out because of stigma or their mind won't let them reach out so 
I mean, that's I have no I have no problem reaching out my hand to you right now yeah. and saying, hey, Mikhail, I got you. So let's do it, people. <laughs> <laughs> let's do our part. Dude, I love that. I mean, I mean, you've shared so much with us today and I really appreciate it. I'm pumped to get to know you a little bit better, which is really awesome. Um, is there you've and you've left us with so much already. But I mean, typically we wrap the show with uh with a bit of advice from the guests to the listeners or anything mm-hmm. else that you'd like to share with the listener today? Um, you know, I would just have to say, um, especially where I am at in my life, again, just to kind of wrap up what I shared um, about myself, just really quick, as I, you know, mentioned, I just, so I just graduated in May. Um, I was actually, and this is a little cheese mess, so you'll probably be like, oh my gosh, we barely even touched on it. Um, I was married for seven years and um, left, you know, ended that relationship last September. I can't believe it's already been a year. Um, but my point is, is just to be, you know, be vulnerable and share my experiences. I'm definitely at a place where I'm, you know, I wouldn't even say people say closing the chapter, honey, I'm starting a new book. Right. Um, and the biggest challenge for me recently has been, you know, what's my purpose? Just like everybody, listen, whether you're graduating your bachelor's, whether you're graduating your master's, everybody, I think, you know, goes through that time of, you know, what's my purpose? What am I, you know, what am I meant to do? Maybe sometimes you doubt yourself. And I think the biggest thing I'm working, you know, just with myself is finding out what is my passion? What makes me feel good? Um, guess what? It may not be the same path as everyone else. I definitely think in society there's a quota to maybe live your life a certain way or to do things, you know, this timeline. Oh, do this by 30. Get married at this age. Have kids by this age. But um, I'm excited. I have butterflies. I'm nervous. But I'm ready to forge my own path. And I think that's what, you know, I am so excited and love about you and learning about your podcast. And, you know, in addition to Sophia, my friend Stella and um, Stephanie and just everybody is, um, you know what, you are unique. You have your own story. And if other people don't get that, of course they don't because they're not you. And you know your strengths and you know yourself better than anybody else. So I think that would be my final thoughts is stick to your course. People may not understand it. But of course they don't because you're unique and you, you know, you, Yeah. so I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. You got my support. Okay. First of all, thank you. Second of all, (laughs) now I'm bummed. Like we have this whole (laughs) other subject we could talk about. Oh my goodness. So we'll have to do an episode two or episode two, uh, whatever, part two. (laughs) Whenever. Um, to the listener who might want to connect to you, uh, connect with you after this, where can they find you, Tiffany? Yes, absolutely. So um, again, I kind of uh, work mostly out of my instructor um, Instagram account. So you can always add me. Um, my Instagram social media is Union Ride, which is U N I O N Ride R Y D E um, underscore Twerkin Tiff T W E R K I N t-i-f-f again you'll have to reach out to me i'll tell you that story um that's what i that's what i go by my you know during the day i'm tiffany schultz ms and then after five i'm twerking tiff (laughs) twerk it out twerk it out (laughs) try explaining that one to my parents um anyways but for real um you can contact me on there you can uh dm me um i'm always on it and i'm always looking to collab um i had mentioned today um, to the people that I worked with. So I'm totally open. So I am a QPR suicide prevention instructor. 
So I have extended to do uh, the training um, to like high schools or you can mm. never start too early. Middle schools like sports teams. Um, I've done it to like outside organizations, elderly, um, fitness. I'm really excited. Union Ride, where um, the owner, Mindy, we're going to collab and I want to do like a training for instructors and even clients because anybody can do the training. You don't have to be working in the health field, a police officer, a teacher, anything like that. It's basic skills that you can learn um, how to be supportive of someone who may be going through, you know, a crisis, how to connect them to the right resources. Um, but anything at all, I mean, I'm, there's more, you know, I have my, you know, mental health advocacy. I have my spin, you know, or fitness advocacy. So anything at all, you have any ideas? Again, I love meeting people. I love connecting. So you're always welcome um, to follow me at union ride underscore twerk and tiff. That's awesome. Uh, there's so much about you that I still want to talk about. So hopefully <laughs> we actually do do a part two, which would be great. Always. Um, but outside of that, to the listener, we really appreciate your time and your ear. If you enjoyed the episode, we would really like a five-star review. And if you didn't like it that much, feel free to stick it to us with a five-star review anyways, because <laughs> it's just the right thing to do. Um, uh, be, be sure to subscribe, because we're going to have a lot of incredible guests, just like Tiffany, back uh-huh. on the show. You're so sweet. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to follow along with your future podcasts. And again, yes, we love comments, question feedback that are all five stars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>